G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we're doing our first mock draft. We're doing the mock lottery after yesterday's lottery went down and the Spurs got the number one pick. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined uh, by a very special friend of the show, one of the uh, the original Ball Boys himself, uh, Callum Mack. Welcome back to the show, mate. It's been a while since we, we've had you on, but always uh, good to talk to you in one of our favorite times of the year in the uh, NBA draft. Yeah, that's right. I'm definitely well overdue, uh, I'd say. And this is one of my favorite times to really deep dive, look at some of these prospects. Um, it's always nice to see which ones do do obviously end up hitting. Um, we're not going to guarantee all these picks to be obviously uh, home runs, but that's yeah. the beauty of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, we'll get plenty of them wrong. The actual NBA teams will get plenty of them wrong as well. Uh, so no one in like NBA draft... Twitter, media, whatever, the actual NBA uh, has a 100% success rate. Um, But that's just, that's part of the fun, I guess, in terms of uh, speculating and and sort of projecting what these guys are going to do. And it's all, it's it's the mystery box, right? You've got this, uh, these brand new toys coming into the the NBA and also into our fantasy team. So today um, we're going to be talking about NBA real life uh, mock draft so we'll touch on fantasy I, I think a little bit later on uh, potentially with yourself on as well so but today we're gonna go through the mock draft but before we do I just wanted to get your thoughts and reaction to the results of the uh, the mock sorry the draft lottery that happened yesterday probably two days ago by the time this pod comes out with uh, Spurs winning the uh, Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes what are your initial reactions and thoughts Look, I'm happy with it. It's a nice narrative. It's a, it's been a very reliable um, franchise in yeah. San Antonio. They, they've always had big men as well. You could say it's maybe scripted, maybe some of the NBA is, <laughs> yeah. but like, I'm, I'm, there were worse teams out there. I think Victor could have uh, ended up with, but I, I like that he's got a solid foundation here. You can go with Greg Popovich to obviously learn a lot. I don't know how much longer Greg will be in the league. Um, maybe if it's just three or four years, but that's, Really, really valuable for a player like Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, I think um, I think for Victor himself, I think it's a really it's probably the perfect place for him to go. Uh, you know, a team with a coach that's got experience coaching superstars, um, experience with international players. Like, I'm pretty sure Victor even played for um, Tony Parker's team a year or two ago, so he's already got a relationship with um, alumni from the San Antonio uh, team. Um, in terms of like the best or most exciting thing to happen. Um, look, I don't know. I, I would. There was a part of me that wanted to see him play like next to an elite like guard, like a Damian Lillard or, you know, and just get him straight into the action right away and, and see them compete um, or, or someone like a LaMelo Ball or something like that. Although Charlotte would probably find a way to fuck it up somehow. Um, but 
outside of maybe those two like elite guards to sort of set him up from the get go, I think the Spurs is a is a nice spot for him to land. What about the the other picks? Any any ones that sort of stood out to you in terms of um, you know people rising or falling and, and anything like that, or anything else catch your attention? Um, I look, I was actually quite glad that Portland ended up kind of rising just because they got Dane. Now they've got a bit of trade potential. That's a lot, probably of, the lot one of stuff that's being going shopped. On yeah. yeah, definitely being shopped around. There's going to be a lot of hype around that too. So that's exciting. Um, Houston were a bit of a disgrace this year, but they've got a young core. So I'm kind of happy where they met at the, at the four seed. I, I, I do feel bad about Detroit yeah. kind of knocking down to the five, but they've got some nice pieces that the, the team that really needed it the most would probably be the Spurs. So yeah, in terms of balance of the league, I think it's a great outcome. Yeah. Um, outside of that, no one really crept up from six to 14. I believe they all stayed yeah. the same. Um, you can tip your hat to Mavericks for pulling off the tankathon towards the end of the season to yeah. secure this 10th pick. So at least that's something then that also could be on the trade block, but we're not too sure. Yeah. It would have been crazy if they jumped into the top four after <laughs> heavily tanking and getting fined for that. But let's, um, let's, let's get into the mock draft. So we're going to go, I'm just going to change the screen over here for the uh, YouTube audience. We're going to go through our mock draft here. Now you were very kind enough to give me the, the number one pick for this draft. <laughs> and, uh, uh, a bit of a surprise for some people. I'm going to be going with Grady Dick at number one. <laughs> no, obviously, I'm not going to do that. Uh, we, we're doing Victor Wemanyama. It's um, it's it's obviously we, we won't spend too much time speaking about him, but obviously, he is the player that everyone was tanking for. Um, seven foot five, shoots really well for his size, moves really well, tip tip dunks his own three point misses. Um, just absolute generational player, best prospects since LeBron James. Uh, would you, again, we weren't doing this or old enough really to sort of be following the NBA at that time, but do you think that he's a better prospect than LeBron was coming out of high school? Oh, I was probably a bit too young. Let's be honest. It was 03. I would have been eight years old. Was I really looking into prospects at that point in time? No. Yeah, um, yeah. If you guys can do good math, you know my age now. So in terms of since LeBron, if, if I can look at the drafts and backtrack and, and see the hype around it, obviously there was heaps of hype around Anthony Davis in terms of a prospect. Yeah, Davis uh, and Zion are probably the two that stand out to me. That's right, yeah. Zion would be would be the next one. Um, I remember there's a similar report coming out with Zion saying when he was drafted to the Pelicans, their net value went up um, 500 million. Yeah. And th- yeah. the same thing happened. Uh, there was an article about the Spurs saying now their net value has gone up. 500 million if they were to sell a team. So yeah. that's yeah. pretty wild to think. Yeah. yeah. Just one player can instantly just, yeah, half a billion dollars on top of a franchise's uh, valuation. So he's going to be the number one pick here. No surprises there. Uh, let's throw it over to you, Callum, which I think where the draft does start. Uh, who are you taking at number two? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Food for the shot. That's right. The draft starts at two. That's why I'm happy to, to take the second pick in this little mock. Um, I'm pretty, pretty confident with my pick. To me... I'm going Scoot Henderson here. I, I like it. To me, he's he's got the all-star potential. I think he's pretty much a lock. He's 
I understand there's a bit of a debate between him and, and Brandon Miller, who can really fit into any team. Um, and and the, you could say there's some concerns with the whole Lamelo Ball playing point guard. Um, Charlotte did invest some draft capital in James Booknight and Bryce McGowan's in, in the years past. Oh, my boys. Um, <laughs> but I still think Lamelo with his size being 6'6", he can obviously defensively guard the twos and maybe some wings. He's not really a stopper anyway. Um, Scoot is solid on both ends. He's, he's a floor general. Lamelo can work off ball a bit. Uh, I think they can actually function together. It's a good trial um, to see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, Lamelo's got his um, his uh, new deal coming up soon. Yeah, he's rookie extension, he, I think. He, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He'll be extension eligible. So you, at least you got something to play with and you got a safety net um, if Lamelo is the first guy to just kind of take the um, the offer, off, offer and, yeah. and walk, which has never happened before, but... Maybe Lamelo, he's got the flair. He can obviously make money in, in a lot of different places. But I saw, I think the fit actually does work. Um, yeah. They have Mark Williams, who that's a bit of a prospect. They have Nick Richards, who is a bit of a, a center that came out of nowhere last year. So they've got some. Um, you, you hope Miles Bridges gets back and that whole. Well, yeah. Um, hopefully they can they can sweep that under the rug and sort of exactly know, sing kumbaya um, eventually. But uh, yeah. I'd say Terry Rozier is definitely on the trade market. Yeah, if this um, is if the this pick, I think that's what you'd have to do. You've try, you'd be trying to look at shopping him and, you know, I don't know, paying someone else to probably take Gordon Hayward off your hands uh, as well. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think if it's me, I'm taking Scoot uh, Henderson as well. I think, for me, he's very clearly the number two prospect in this draft. Um, and I did a little tweet out the other uh, or today, actually, about um, – Teams making mistakes at the top and pointing out of the draft when they draft for fit. Um, so I'll, I'll read a couple of examples for you here, Cal, and, and sort of see if you can envision this being the scenario that... Because there are a lot of rumors with Charlotte. And the other thing I think is Charlotte have the, the tendency to draft like those the best college players. Michael Jordan loves the players that, that do well in college and that kind of thing. And um, not that, you know, Scoot is an American, but he has a tendency to favor those American guys. Um, so... Um, just as recently as 2020, James Wiseman was drafted to the Warriors over a player like Lamelo Ball. Warriors needed a center at that time, didn't want to draft Lamelo Ball because of the the Clay and Steph uh, fit. 2018, Marvin Bagley was drafted to the Sacramento Kings over a Luka Doncic and a Trey Young. It's a famous one. <laughs> That's a very very big one. Obviously, the fit there with Fox at the time um, and uh, Buddy Heald as well. So a few uh, clashes there, but. That didn't look like it turned out very well. 2017, Josh Jackson was drafted over De'Aaron Fox because of the Booker and Bledsoe fit on the Suns. And the year before that, similar kind of situation, Dragon Bender was drafted over Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald, again, for the Booker-Bledsoe pairing. So those are some of the ones that really stick out into my mind. Um, and you could even, it's probably a bit early now, but last year, Sacramento drafting um, like a Keegan Murray over a Jaden Ivey because of the fact that they had uh, Fox there. So... Sacramento popping up in this list a few times, but um, I just feel like when you when you draft a player based on fit, and you think that there might be a better prospect there, but the fit isn't as nice, I think that usually more often than not leads to problems. It's a different story if you genuinely think that Brandon Miller is like a better prospect. I don't, but if you genuinely think that, then I think the logic makes a bit more sense. But if you think that they're, you know, if Scoot's better but the fit is better with Brendan and you're still drafting Brendan because of that fit. I think that that's a recipe for disaster. So um, I would agree with you there. What are you, what are your thoughts on Scoot in terms of his like NBA comp ceiling, 
and and I haven't obviously first time we've we've chatted about this prospect. So I want to get your thoughts. Um, he's obviously a super super explosive athlete. Um, he's a bit of a floor general as well. He, he's no scrub on defense. He's pretty explosive. He maybe a bit of a not quite as explosive Russell Westbrook, but I, I can see some shades of that yeah. um, just with his explosiveness. Um, I think he's a smarter player um, than Russ, not quite as explosive, but that's probably a bit of a, a reasonable comp um, that, that I could put him with. Yeah, I think I think he, he he does fit that kind of obviously the Derek Rose, Russell Westbrook, um, probably not as like maybe springy as those those guys, but he's quick, he's fast, he's strong as well, which is what I really like about him. He he does have like he's six foot two. But he's got a six foot nine wingspan, and I don't know if you if you know this, if you've seen the draft measurements. But you know my love for players with huge hands. Uh, he's got some big mitts. <laughs> he's got some big mitts and can palm that basketball and gives him like great control and finishing ability around the rim. So um, I don't think that his six foot two size for me is as much of a deterrent as it normally would in a player. You know, on the defensive end especially because he has that wingspan. He has that you know Kawhi like grip. Uh, to sort of deflect those passes and, and sort of guard up, which I think... And, and like you said, I think the fit with Lamelo works fine. You know, Lamelo is that like perimeter, like shot. He, he sort of shoots it a bit more, not that explosive guy. Scoot can kind of be that guy that attacks. Um, I saw this comparison the other day that I really liked, um, comparing that kind of a fit to what they're doing at OKC. So you would have like Lamelo being like the giddy type and Scoot could be like your Shea Gills-Alexander, who's like the, the slash of the driver, the guy that scores but obviously still play makes a little bit and um you know Lamelo can still be that like guy that bigger guard that play makes but still has that perimeter skill and I think obviously it's working at the moment in OKC they made their play-in tournament for the first time and they're still really young so I don't see why it can't work in Charlotte with probably arguably two better prospects that's it look it's a guards league right like yeah. that they run the court there's heaps of heaps of really like you look at your Chris Paul and Booker you look at maybe your, your John Wall and Bradley Beal of um, years past, like really killer backcourts will take you to the playoffs. And, and I, I definitely see all-star in terms of Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to pick number three for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Now, uh, I, I knew that you were going to go Scoot there. We talked a little bit about before, but we haven't talked from this point on. So um, at this point, I'm going to be picking for Portland Trailblazers. Now, chances are this pick is probably going to be either trade it out or trade it down or there might be someone else making this pick. Um, there's a lot of smoke with Portland shopping pick number three but at this stage if they do choose to keep the pick I'm going to be taking Amen Thompson from Overtime Elite. <laughs> um, look, I am nervous a little bit about the Overtime Elite translation in terms of numbers and, you know, the stats and analytically and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that this is a kind of a guy that if we just think about upside, I could argue that Amen Thompson actually has a higher upside than a player like Scoot. He definitely probably has a lower floor than than a Scoot Henderson, but just the size, six foot seven, ability to be potentially a primary playmaker, just amazing athleticism, uh, like Jalen Green, you know, Anthony Edwards type athleticism. Um, probably not as strong as Anthony Edwards, but um, excellent instincts from what I've seen. Great defensive ability, um, good passing instincts. The, the question mark is the shot and the jump shot. It looks a little funky. And, um, you know, how does that work? Uh, and how quickly can he improve on that? 
Obviously, I'm drafting to a team with Damon Lillard already on the team, so maybe there's some fit issues there. But I think with his size, you can you can play him with Lillard or at least give you the option to sort of experiment. But I think he's the best prospect available at this point, so I'm picking him there. What are, what are your thoughts? I, I I do know that you're a, you're a, a bigger man Thompson fan. Look, I love it. I actually would have done the same thing. I love it, man. He is such an athlete. It's it's like t- it takes your breath away sometimes, yeah. honestly. Um, I, look, I am concerned about the shot, though. I, that, that's my one big yeah. concern. It's I don't like the look of it. He definitely needs to put some work in and make it this look a bit more fluid. Um, and and since we're talking about Thompson, we should probably bring up his twin in Usar. He's obviously yeah. you know top ten projected. I actually like Usar's form a bit better in I, terms I of his too, shot in terms of the, sh- the jump shot yeah um and and i think anyone picking at this point yeah you have to really consider both twins yeah. and a lot of places to, to have a man going higher i do as well um so we'll see where Assad lands yeah yeah i think i think the consensus is a man is is the the better prospect because of i think he's shown a little bit more explosive athleticism he's probably more likely to be that lead guard guy whereas Asar's maybe a bit more of that like secondary playmaker ball handler um the shot i agree it looks better with Asar, but i mean it's look i don't think it's something that's completely broken i think it can be something that can be worked on i don't think it's like it's not like this kid gilchrist alexander kind of side cannon thing um but it, it look i you're right. The form is a little ugly, uh, but I think that the reason I really... I, I'm normally not the, the guy that's really falling in love with athletes in, in the draft. I usually prefer guys who are a bit more high IQ, but the fact that this guy, from what I can tell, has got a really high IQ, he's really good at defense as well. The steal numbers are insane. Again, I don't know how much to take that into account with elite overtime elite program, but um, when you're a good defender, an excellent playmaker, um, just really solid all around, a jump shot is usually the thing that players can improve pretty consistently across, especially in modern NBA, because of we know how important it is. Uh, I think he can at least get to serviceable there, and with all those other attributes, I think he could be a potential star in the NBA. So I've got him going at number three to Portland. Let's go on to pick number... Oh, sorry, pick number three to Portland. Pick number four, Houston Rockets are on the clock. What are you doing here, Cal? All right. Um, look, I thought you were going to take Brandon Miller. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy think, you took him in. Yeah. You've thrown a bit of a curveball at me here, so I'll, I'll have to put some thought into it. I think. Um, um, but, I think the Houston Rockets would be hoping that. I think this would be a bad scenario for them because I think they'd want either Scoot or Men Thompson to be there as their sort of. Um, yeah, definitely. Replace point I think. Guard. I think they really do want a point guard. Um, right now, they've obviously got Jalen Green uh, that they got Tari Eason in the first round last year and they've got Aparun Sangoon in the first round the year before. The rest of the guys are probably pretty expendable. Um, you know, you got Ty Ty Washington who they picked up, I think in the early second round yeah. last, last draft as well, but they, they, they could really just use anything. I, I'm a, I have question marks about Aparun Sangoon in terms from the defensive end. I'm not too sure how that will end up. He's still young. Maybe he can become like average in that end. Cause he's awesome a great passer. So maybe to shape out this roster, I think I do need a bit of passing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing up between <laughs> Brandon Miller and yep. Asar Thompson. Okay. But I'm, I'm literally considering both of them because I actually love Asar Thompson as well. <laughs> I reckon that both the twins are great. I think 
It's fine. I think I'm gonna I take know. I'm gonna take Asar Thompson here. I'm okay. Just gonna do it. We're doing back to back twins. Back to back twins in the draft. Let's do he, it. He can play make everything you just said about um a man. He pretty much has everything else, right? He's not as explosive. He's probably not as good of a passer, but he still he still has those attributes. He can pass. He still is a crazy athlete. Um, he does have a better looking shot. I think maybe his shot will end up better. Um, this could end up being like you know the Markeith and Marcus. Yeah, well Morris they got drafted back to back, didn't they? They did, and they're both in the first round. And and I believe um, Markeith was drafted first. And I mean, you can argue what who had the better career. Yeah. Um. So look, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Asar Thompson once again. The upside's crazy for him. Um. I, and I do believe I do believe that it will definitely be um a potential like potential all star. That, Mate, that's what you're after. I, I actually love it. I, I love it. I, I'm a big fan. Um, obviously, we we haven't spoken about these boys, but I'm I'm a huge Asad Thompson fan. I, I've seen him in a lot of like mock mock drafts have been everywhere recently, and um, I've been consuming a lot of content. And I've ha- I've had people drafting Asad Thompson like outside the lottery, uh, like back towards sort of pick ten and things like that. And I, for the life of me, I can't understand why. Um, I know that. A man is probably the preferred player, and I can see that um, if you're looking for that lead ball handler and the, the, probably a bit more of a star upside. But I love everything that uh, Asar brings to the table. I'm going to throw a comp your way, and I'm I'm not sure how you're going to react to this. Uh, uh, I think you might like it, but I see a little bit of Jimmy Butler in Asar Thompson. <laughs> you um, got me sold. I'll have to become a rocket <laughs> I just I think that he's that guy that uh, some people have compared him to, like Andre Iguodala. I can see that as well, but I see that more as maybe like a floor, like that just athletic, great defensive guy, a um, little bit of a, a perimeter threat, but just that really solid across the board, high IQ uh, guy. He's, he's got a bit of a clutch gene. I, I'm pretty sure his last shot for Overtime Elite was like a game-winning buzzer um, to wrap up their season. So I think, you know, the Jimmy Butler, look, he probably has to continue to improve his shot, especially that mid-range shot, um, and the free throw percentage needs to come up. But I think that the gap between him and his brother is extremely close, whereas in a lot of mocks and big boards, I've seen the gap be huge. And uh, yeah, I think the fit, in Houston would be would be crazy. Imagine Asar Thompson and Jalen Green um, as that backcourt. I, I, I love it. I, I'm still feeling a bit bad for Jabari, um, who really needs a proper point guard. I yeah. do feel a little bit bad for him because his numbers, I think he just needs a point guard to really do well. But outside of that, look, the these guys can jump through the roof. It, they'll be exciting to watch, definitely. Would they win any games next season? No. But that's right. Get back in the lottery and, yeah. and get another... Um, Good pick, hopefully. You've, you've got time, and uh, hopefully, hopefully with a with a coach that actually runs plays for him, um, you know, Jabari can can maybe look to improve. Look, he's actually still younger than a player like Brandon Miller. Uh, can we just say that right now? He's actually a year younger than both Asar and Brandon Miller. Actually, he he will be uh, this season as well, so he's got plenty of time to improve as well. All right, let's move on to what was that pick number four? Pick number five, which is the Detroit Pistons, and this is probably where I take Brandon Miller, who on my big board is the fifth overall uh, player and kind of the end of this little tier. I have Amen and Nassar ahead of him. But Brandon Miller, I think, would be perfect alongside Kay just in terms of the shooting um, that they need to help him get into the court. They lack a bit of that. Um, I personally don't see a huge amount of star upside for, for Brandon Miller, which is why I very much push up push back against him as being the guy you know, who is the guy at number two. But when you're playing alongside Cade 
and a Jaden Ivey who are going to be the guys that handle the ball the most. I can see him fulfilling that role similar to what like a Jabari Smith does for Houston, but on a on a Detroit team, obviously you've already got that ball handler and playmaker there, so I think that will shine a little bit more. If he's going to a team where he's probably asked to do a little bit more, I, I think he might struggle a little bit with that. So I, I like him here at number five, and I think, um, yeah, that, that would be the ideal landing spot for me in terms of his career projection. What, what are your thoughts on Brennan Miller? Am I, you obviously were considering him with the last pick. Is this where you would take him? Yeah, I think it's actually a really good fit for Detroit as well. So they, they'd be really happy to select him. He can do a bit of everything. Um, he can shoot the three really consistently. He's obviously really long at 6'9", 6'11", wingspan, can play defense um, pretty reasonably. Probably he's put on a little bit of weight. But I, I just think he's a great fit besides Cade and your Ivy. You obviously don't really need a, a big um, home run in the backcourt when you have those two guys. And you don't really want a center either because I think right now you've got Jalen Duran. Uh, you got the potential in James Wiseman, and you got a bit of Marvin Bagley at the four potentially as well. So he could slide into that starting four over Marvin Bagley, and he could be moved to the bench. Yeah. So there's definitely some good opportunity there for him. Um, and I really like Jalen Duran. I think they could actually be a pretty, pretty yeah, nice I like, combo. I like that too. At, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, Detroit would be would be pretty happy with that. I don't know if this is going to actually happen in the real NBA. He seems to be evaluated as, as that sort of top three kind of a guy, um, which. I push back a little bit on. Um, again, I could be wrong. I'm still early-ish in the uh, draft sort of evaluation process, but that's kind of the way I'm leaning at, at the moment. So um, let's move on to the next pick here. All right, so the Orlando Magic have a couple picks here. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. They got 6 and 11. Um in terms of my needs, I'm probably probably looking at more of the point guard role. Um, I got my Cole Anthony, who I think is a good six man. Marco Foltz is a bit of a combo guy; can do both. Jalen Suggs hasn't quite worked yeah. out at this Just point. Morning. Still, still early. Let's not rule him out. Maybe the season he makes a jump, but there's some potential there. I, I think right now my cornerstones is obviously a Franz, um, and obviously Paolo, the rookie of the year. Yeah. So, look. That being said. There's a few guys that, yeah. that, that that could actually work really nicely. I'm probably considering on top of my board right now between Cam Whitmore and Anthony Black are probably my two favorites uh, to, to go to this team. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I'm going to take Cam Whitmore here. I'm yeah. just going to take a bit of a bit more physicality. Um, you can play him at the two, I think. You can play him at the three. I think I think those three forwards could be pretty pretty scary. You can play a small ball power at the center and have Cam Whitmore on. Um, he can do d- something defensively. He's a bit of a bully. Um, e- even if this season he comes on as a bit of a six man role and this kind of you give him the ball, um, I'm I'm not really too mad about. But I think those three forwards in Cam Whitmore, Franz, and Paolo can all actually work together. Um, and I. I guess I have my fingers crossed that either Michael Foltz can stay healthy um, or Jalen Suggs take, takes a bit of a step up because I, I did invest, what, the third or fourth pick in him a couple of years ago? Uh, fifth pick, I think. I think he was, yeah, yeah, he was projected to go four, but obviously Scotty Barnes could take it over him, which at the moment looks like it was a great move by the uh, the Raptors. But yeah, I think um, it is interesting because obviously this team is huge. Um, you could you could be playing Franz at the two, Cam Whitmore at the three, Parlo at the four, and then you've got Wendell Carter Jr. still there as well. Fultz is probably your your point guard at the moment, um, and yeah, you know you can play, 
your two guards off the bench, and then you've got a few other shooters that you could potentially throw in there as well. So I actually like this fit for Cam Whitmore. I'm, I'm starting to get down a little bit on, on Whitmore personally, but I do think that this point in the draft, there's like a clump of players which all kind of, I guess, are in the same kind of a tier. So I actually, but I actually quite like the fit of a Whitmore on this Orlando team gives them just like that athletic punch, which I think they're potentially missing with like Franz and um, you know, Paolo's like a big strong body, but he's not like a, you know, a pop kind of athlete uh, off the bounce kind of a guy. Um, so Cam does give you that. I don't know. I don't know if I buy the shot. What, what are your thoughts on his jump shot? Like it's, I think he shot a decent percentage in college, if, I, if I've got here. But I don't know, the, the mechanics kind of look a little funky to me. Um, he also was a guy that just averages fuck-all assists. Like, the, the assists and the, the <laughs> ball handling and the passing is just not there at all. But uh, on a team where you've got Paolo and a few good uh, guards there, it's probably not what you're going to ask him to do. So that's why I don't mind the fit. Yeah, he's... he's- Obviously, there for the explosiveness. Um, the, my kind of one negative. I don't. I don't hate his form in terms of his shot. I think. I think it's reasonable. There's definitely lessons out there. It could become consistent. Um, I think the one negative is is kind of when he becomes a bit out of control. He, he does do yeah. some stupid stuff sometimes when he was attack the lane and kind of gets smothered and and panics a bit. So he, he really probably needs to work on that IQ and make smarter plays. But look, I love his aggression. So it's a bit of a. Um, you know, a two-sided blade that, you know, picks your poison. I, I love what he has. If we can really home in and he kind of picks his points, I think with the NBA spacing, he could definitely be enhanced by that as well. So that's kind of what could be a um, a bit of a sleeper f- to make him unlock to that next level. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I like the fit. I find I find Orlando a tough, a tough place to draft, especially in this draft, because I don't know if you noticed, Callum, but there's a shit ton of, like, wings in this draft they're like six seven six eight six nine wings just for days in this draft and um Orlando already has a lot of those guys and, and look they're, they're obviously very valuable in the NBA um but in terms of like your your guard play your shooting which Orlando also does need um look Whitmore is a decent shooter I, I don't know if it necessarily like fixes that need but um he does also have a bit of upside but I don't know if I see the star upside which potentially uh, some people might. All right, moving on to the next pick here for the Indiana Pacers. They uh, again, they've got a few options here. Obviously, your your team's going to be building around um uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you drafted Benedict Matherin, who's a solid piece last year, uh Miles Turner as your center and then a whole bunch of Eh, after that, but I'm going to get a guy that I'm I'm getting more and more keen on, and it is Taylor Hendricks, um, and he is a six foot nine power forward slash small forward, uh, really long wingspan, uh, shoots it really well, uh, really good defender, versatile defender, can move his feet, shot block as well, can probably even play some small ball five if you really wanted to, um, and I just think that again, 19 years old, six foot nine. Very versatile player. I think he will fit very nicely into this team. And uh, um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from uh, Taylor Hendricks at this stage. What are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, on that pick there? He reminded me a fair bit of uh, Jabari Smith from, from last year. Yeah. Um, he's just a, a big guy, a sniper from long range, 6'8", shot about 40% from three-point range. Love to shoot it. 
It's definitely was not shy. I don't know if he's um, quite the shooter that Jabari was. Um, Jabari he, was. He wasn't. No, yeah. not percentages wise, but, um, but, but I, still elite. That kind of player, I think he would. He would yeah. probably play the same kind of role. I would assume. Yeah, even though he reminded me to Jabari, I will say Jabari was probably that tier ahead. But yeah, I definitely I he, well. he does remind me a fair bit of a of a Jabari, and he's still young. Like that, and I say that because also the defensive side was there. Like he put up one point seven blocks. He was yeah. being a bit of a nuisance at the rim. Um, which did remind me. So I do like Taylor Hendricks. He's a guy that will fit into any team, um, spread yeah. the court, play some defense, long, can play small ball five. So every team really does want him. And, and I think the fit is perfect here because Jalen Smith is young. He's a bit of a prospect. He's this, currently their starting power forward. I guess they have Isaiah yeah, Jackson think, plays a bit of that time, but I, there's I definitely you, minutes. I reckon for, you move on from that experiment. He he looks shit out there, so I think um, <laughs> I think you could almost play him over him straight away. But I, I yeah. get uh, the the comp that I have for for Taylor Hendricks is like a, a Jaden uh, McDaniel's is kind of the guy that I, I I like to compare him. Just that lanky, long, bit of a wing, bit of a power forward, but just a great defender, decent shooter. Um, and I don't know if I see like again star upside, but I see really good starter level consistent, valuable, versatile wing, which, again, there's a lot, of, a lot of those guys in this draft here. All right, what have we got next? We have, at pick number eight, the Washington Wizards are on the clock. Over to you, Cal. Who you got? All right, the Wizards. Um, <laughs> they're always a tough team oh, to draft, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They've been, they've been the hardest team to draft for for like three years because they're always in this spot and they always seem to have the same kind of pieces. Now, look, I've got heaps of wings. Honestly, I've got Denny. I've got Corey Kispert. I've got Kyle Kuzma. I've got Bradley Beal. They're probably my my four. I've got Chris Dupps You've got as heaps well. of wings, but are any of them good? <laughs> um, I really, really, really want to get a point guard. So I'm actually I'm actually really happy how I've landed because I told you at the previous um, number six magic pick, I was, I was going between Anthony Black uh. and Whitmore. I'm, I'm actually really happy taking Anthony Black here. I think it's okay. a good fit. He brings a bit of defense as well to this team, which has been pretty bad defensively for about a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a hustler. He, he reminds me a bit of a Lonzo Ball comparison. Yeah, is, is, he pushes the pace. He's a big guard who can defend um, with, with a nice IQ that probably needs to work on his shot. Um, Lonzo did work on his shot pre-injury and he was shooting it pretty reliably. So you're hoping that Anthony Black does kind of follow that path. But that's why I see. I see someone that just benefits a team, lifts everyone up, can play defense, hustle, um, and it's just an all-around great player and, and, and a great fit, I think, for this team too. So I think it's a win-win. I think that this is probably – there's two guys I still have in this tier and and I think that this fit just makes sense for them. So I'm happy to take Anthony Black. Is the, um, is the other guy in this tier – the other guard in Case and Wallace, would you did you make any consideration for a player like that? Obviously, if you're looking and shopping for point guards, where, how do you compare those kind of two players? Because I think they'll be, um, I guess, compared a lot of being point guards in a similar kind of a range. I, I think they're different point guards in the fact um, it depends what you're going to build around your team. Case and could also mold nicely. I'd, yeah. I just have him in the tier below personally. That's just my personal pick. Yeah. But I like how Anthony Davis can pretty. Pr- pr- Pretty much lift everyone else up. Anthony Davis. Oh man, the draft. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony Black. <laughs> um, how we can lift everyone up with kind of his movement and and creating plays uh, more more so in transition. Yeah. Casey Wallace, I think, is a bit more of an off ball. He he can obviously play the point guard. Yeah, but he defends at such a high level and he can hit that three consistently. Um, I I, I kind of see him 
hopefully next to like a really good scorer and he can just kind of play his defense and fit his role. He's more a role player to me. Yeah. I think Anthony Black could maybe transcend a little bit beyond that. Yeah, okay. I, I that's interesting. I, I had them quite close in a in a similar tier. Um I, I do I do like Anthony Black. I have a little bit of question marks about his jump shot. Um I, the good thing is he's he's huge, right? Six foot seven, um come back that Amen Thompson kind of size. Some people even compare those two together as well. Um don't obviously don't think he's quite the athlete that Amen is, but um yeah, obviously, yeah, like you said, that like Lonzo Ball, I get a similar kind of like Dyson Daniels from last year's draft kind of vibe as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he's a good pick. I'd, I'd personally, if I was the Washington Wizards, be happy with either him or Cason Wallace if, if you had that choice. Um, I wonder if Cason Wallace would be a better fit as a bit more of like a, you know, let Bradley Beal do a bit more of the, the creation because you want the ball in his hands a little bit more and, and maybe... Uh, Wallace could play a bit more off ball, and, and if you are again persisting with trying to go with a, a Bradley Beal, like the the Wizards obviously are, um, but I think both both options are probably right there for me. So, all right, let's move on to the next pick, which is being made by the Utah Jazz. Now, the Utah Jazz, um, yeah, in an interesting spot here. They um, obviously were surprisingly decent last year. We thought that they were going to absolutely. Um, tank it like crazy after trading out um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, acquiring all those picks. But the emergence of Awoha Kessler was really good. Larry Markin obviously winning the um, most improved player. So they kind of have their front court pretty set. They're pretty happy with this. They also have pick 16 and pick 28 in this draft as well. So I'm going to use this opportunity. Like I said before, there's this draft is full of wings. There are wings coming out of our ears at this point for this draft. So I'm going to take, like I just explained, what I think is the best guard prospect left on the board, and that is Cason Wallace as the uh, the defensive guard that potentially could play next to uh, Colin Sexton if you want to keep experimenting with that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, when you, you've got someone like a Larry Markin as one of your, your cornerstone pieces, you can never get enough defense. So I'm going to be selecting Case and Wallace. It says he's 6'3 here on the uh, the website here, but I believe he might have measured in at maybe even a 6'4. And I think he has a really good wingspan as well. This to me, going back a couple of years now, Cal, but this to me is what Davion Mitchell was projected to be in his draft class. I think Cason Wallace is everything that people wanted Davion Mitchell to be, um, except he is, I think, three years younger than when he was drafted, plus he is an extra four inches taller. So um, I, I'm more into buying in for a player like Cason Wallace at this point in the draft. Yeah, 100%. Davion, he, he just didn't measure well. He went to the combine, he, dra- he measured it at six foot, and his wingspan wasn't great. Yeah. Um, I still really like Davion. I, I think he's a great serviceable role player. He could yeah. be a starting kind of – you can guard anyone. He, he's great to throw in there. But you are right. The the um, the physical traits that Kaysen Wallace has is definitely better. He's got a, about a six eight wingspan as well, so he's longer. He definitely plays bigger than he looks – Similar to a Davion, um, I, my comp for him would be a Drew Holiday. Yeah, um, I think he's just yeah. big and physical, and he, he can hit the open three. He can make his own plays in the pick and roll. He can do a bit of everything, but really is just so elite. I think on that defensive end, and w- when the Milwaukee Bucks won that title, Drew Holiday was a huge, huge he's key factor for yeah. the reason why. Yeah. yeah. So, and there's been heaps of playoff series where he has really kind of taken over um the, i think back to that series uh when he was playing for the pelicans and he 
took down Dame Lillard yeah. in the first round. So so that was pretty cool. So look, if, if that's the ceiling. That's pretty awesome. Uh, it's a really higher end all star someone who will be on All-NBA all team. So that's, I guess, what you're, you've got your fingers crossed for. Yeah, and I think at this point, like Utah probably still lacks that star player, but you're probably not getting it at this point, in my opinion. So I'm just kind of going for a player that's obviously going to be super valuable and hopefully we can be bad next year again and uh, get our star, hopefully, if we're lucky, in the lottery. So I think that's the kind of strategy there for Utah because um, I personally, I see a lot of good role players um, and good starter players still, but probably not that star left on the board. So let's go on to the next pick here, which is the Dallas Mavericks, who kept their pick at number 10. Who have we got here, Callum? Yeah, so I, I only had two players on my draft board for Dallas Mavericks, and unfortunately, Kaysen Wallace was just uh, sniped from me, okay. so he's no longer on the board. I, th- I actually really like that fit with Luca. If that does eventuate, that could be a really nice pairing. He can run a little bit of the offense, but play awesome defense. We know what that team is missing is defense, uh, which does lead me into what I'm going to pick here. I'm going to take uh, Jarris Walker yeah, here, the power pick. forward slash center, absolute like wrecking ball, athletic big dude who can play defense, shuffle his feet, can pretty much... He, I see him as a bit of a Draymond Green on the defensive end. That's honestly yeah. what, what I think. Obviously, he's not really the passer. Not, yeah. um, but but look, he's showing a bit of range. He can hopefully um, become reliable from three-point range. He's not quite there yet. but So a bit of a prospect on that end. But I... Well, we know these Mavericks need a bump on the on the defensive end, and and they really need minutes at that power forward and at that center spot. So I think it's a great fit for them. That that um, really kind of overjoy that they've um, been able to land one of the two guys on their draft board. Yeah, I think this is again another another amazing fit uh, for them. I think this would be almost like perfect fit. Basically, he comes in and sort of replaces like your. Dorian Finney-Smith kind of guy with with a bit more upside. Um, you know, maybe you can play a bit of small ball with with both of them out in in that lineup. Um, but yeah, I think I, I like I like him again. This this tier this this to me completes what I would consider is the consensus top ten. Um, the guys that we've picked at this point. I pretty much see in most drafts, unless you've got some people who are really high on on like a Gigi Jackson or some of these sort of more speculative guys, um, but this to me feels like the safest group of 10 players in this draft and are the players that I have in my top 10 and a pretty sizable teardrop after this for me. So he was the last guy on my board. Definitely could see him going higher than this. I could see him going maybe as high as five to Detroit, really. Um, but I think that, yeah... Between him, Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, Anthony Black, Cason Wallace, I've got five of those guys all very, very close um, together. So I do like the pick there. And for Dallas, I think that's worked out really nicely for them. So let's move on to pick number 11, which is being made by the Orlando Magic. Now, this is where, like I said, I see a pretty sizable teardrop here. So um, this is to me where, like, we said the draft kind of started at two with what Charlotte's going to do. I think at pick 11, what Orlando does is also a very interesting inflection point in the draft. So I think, what did I go with there? Our last pick. Do you, can you remember? Oh, we can't wait so more at number can't six. Can't wait more pick number six. And I've got pick so 36 coming up. So a little while until I get another pick here. Um, I didn't really address my huge need in shooting. Um, so I think I might do that with this pick here. He is... As it stands right now, the next guy on my big board, but I don't love it. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to go with the uh, 
the man himself, Grady Dick. The big guy. <laughs> the big the guy. guy. <laughs> the big guy. <laughs> the big dick. He's uh, he's coming on to the Orlando Magic. Uh, just, I know we're childish, but it's one of the all-time great NBA names. Um, and later with pick 36, I'm going to draft his uh, his friend, uh, Adam Boner, so they can be teammates <laughs> on the court together. Uh, but Grady Dick, look, he, he gets the, uh, the flack for being like that typical white guy shooter. And look, he can shoot the piss out of it. He, he's a great shooter, has that really quick release, doesn't need to dip the ball down. Um, he can shoot off the, off movement. But he is also a really good cutter. He's a, a decent enough athlete. He's not, whilst he's not a great defender, he's not, I don't necessarily think he's going to be like a, uh, a Tyler Hero or like a Duncan Robinson sort of type where, I mean, he might get picked on because he lacks a bit of size, but I think he's a little bit, a little bit better um, in terms of his awareness and, and sort of intangibles on defense than those guys. Um, and he can cut really well, very smart uh, uh, player that can play off ball. And in a team like this, I think that's essential when you've got players like Franz, <coughs> Paolo, uh, Markel Fultz, Suggs, who all probably need the ball in their hands. You need a guy that can play off the ball. So for me, Grady Dick is a fit pick at this uh, point, at pick 11. I don't think 11 is... Whilst it's probably the highest I would draft him, I don't necessarily think it's a reach, uh, assuming those top 10 guys are gone. What, what are your thoughts on uh, the big dick? Um, he, he was next to my draft board as well. I, I like his game. He's this um, a sniper, as you mentioned, really quick release. A lot of his shots were pretty much all contested as well. I would like to see him do a lot more um, off-ball kind of movement as well, which I'm sure will be his next kind of progress and a bit more like moving shots because they pretty much just pass it to him and he just lets it fly nice and quickly, which... You know, does work when you're six foot eight. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing. He's got good size. Like he, he is, he is bigger, and, and he can cut. He can actually finish the rim pretty well. I, I see shades of like a Duncan Robinson um, that can maybe do a bit more um, kind of closing with the cuts and actually, yeah. actually, actually finish um, do a little some, bit yeah. more flair. Yeah, um, some other comps, maybe a, a not quite as good, but a tier below a Reggie Miller in terms of like he's got that skinny kind of body type. Three oh, point Reg- shooter. Reg- Reggie Miller, damn, okay. <laughs> like an old Let's school go. one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, 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 I like it. I, I um, Just not defensively, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I, look, again, I don't think he's going to... I mean, it's. I'm still watching a lot of film, but I don't think he's going to be absolutely horrible on the defensive end. I, I kind of see him as maybe... Like, his, like similar to the guy who's going to be teammates in this mock draft, like a Franz Wagner light, maybe with less playmaking less like shot creation, but he is kind of good in a lot of areas. He's a good like connector kind of piece. He's not a ball stopper. Like you pass in the ball, he's not going to just stop the ball. He's either going to shoot it quickly or he's going to make a quick decision and, and get rid of it, which I think is an underrated skill. Um, so yeah, I think um, hopefully he will work out and live up to his uh, big dick name. Let's move on to the next pick, a pick number 12 with the OKC. Alrighty, OKC um, on the board at 12. I just made the play-in tournament. They're pretty happy. You're getting Chet got, coming back in. You got, yeah, you got Chet coming back in, which is definitely noteworthy. Um, obviously, you got Shea. I think there's a lot of openings around here. I'm still not completely sold in Usman Jang. They invested in last year. He's definitely a prospect, though. So Jalen I'm probably just going to take in. one of the better players on the board. I'm looking at fit here as well. Yeah, this is this to me. This is a tough pick. 
Because it's tough. Like, if you, is Chet going to be playing? He's probably going to be playing the four. He's not too big to play the the five yet. Well, I think that's a that's a lot of the question, isn't it? So, like, is 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 the plan to run Chet? At, I think the long term plan is to run Chet at the five. I don't know if it's going to happen this next season, especially coming off his injury. Um, that so then what what are you doing with Jalen Williams? Are you playing Jalen Williams at the three, and is then someone like uh, Lou Dort going to the bench? Um, possible. But yeah, again, I don't know if there's a there's a center here that you want to take with pick number twelve. Like I, I've decided what I'm going to do. I'm going to not really shock the world, but I think this guy fits really well with the team, and he's a great prospect. I'm going to take Leonard Miller. Okay, yeah. Leonard Miller. I, don't, I actually don't mind it. I think um... I think it's a really good fit. I've got Giddy. I've got Shea. They're going to share a lot of the ball. Right? I, I like Lou Dort. He's a, actually a really good defender. I think in terms of a playoff guy, he could really step up. Like we saw him. The um the guy that shut down James Harden in in that one series in the bubble, yeah. Um, and he's still young. Uh, he's he's fits the timeline, so I think he's going to stick around. Leonard Miller just adds size. He can play the four. If you have Chet at five, him he could play the four. He, he is six ten. He measures at six ten. He's lateral and quick enough to be able to potentially guard threes, um, which is pretty impressive, especially in this um in this league. He he can shoot the three. Slightly inconsistently, that's what he needs to work on. But I like the size and what he can bring to the table here. Yeah, I, I think this is a. I, I like this pick. I think he's right in this range. He's kind of that guy that has the upside to be that kind of lottery pick. Um, he's he's a guy that I think was supposed to come out in the draft last year, and I think last year he was projected to go around that sort of late first round, but stayed back another year in the G League. Um, he's got a funky looking shot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about it. It's like this, like weird, like he has his hand and just flicks the wrist at the end. Um, I've heard he's like working on it at the moment and that's like his number one priority is improving his jump shot, which again, I guess that's good. Um, but it kind of fits what OKC are trying to do with that, you know, long, versatile, wing size bigs that can, you have guard skills. So, and if he can fill out, which I think he has the frame to do that, he could be that kind of guy that guards the bigger, bulkier guys while Chet maybe roams a bit more on the defensive end. So, no, I actually really like the pick there, um, Cal. That's a good one. All right. We've got two more picks to make, one each. So let's go over pick number 13. We've got picking for the Toronto Raptors. Now, my big question here is what the hell is going on with Fred Van Vliet? Am I keeping him? Am I not? Uh, OG Ananobi has had a lot of trade rumors as well. I've just traded for Jakob Pertl, which to me tells me, again, um, I don't know. They were trying to do something last year. Well, I think they got him for Fred Van Fleet as well. Like Fred really needs like a, a proper big because he's a small guard. He needs yeah. that big for the screens and the pick and rolls. And and his stats with assists actually did go up um, a bit when Jakob joined the team. I think overall the team did better because they finally had a, a proper center. Oh, I, I love me some Jakob Pertl. You you know this. He's he's uh, definitely a player that I'm a fan of. So it, I guess the only thing is obviously he's um, a free agent and um, Fred Van Vliet has that player option. So both of them could be gone um, as well. So operating on the assumption that they're going to be there, um, I think what I'm going to continue to need is some shooting and probably some more guards because let's face it, this team is just stacked full of wings. And I know Toronto loves their wings and there's a lot of wings in this draft. Um, but I think I'm going to go with a guy that I am uh, liking and it's just a solid all-around dude. He's still got some decent size um, in... Where is he on this little board here? 
Kobe Bufkin uh, yes. is my guy here. Six Love foot it. four combo guard, you could say, point guard, um, who obviously he's been a bit of a late riser in a lot of mocks and, and big boards recently that I've noticed. But ever since I've sort of been doing my homework this last little while, he's a guy that I'm, I'm really impressed with. Lefty guy that is just solid across the board. I like his jump shot. He finishes well. He's got good size, decent enough defender. Um, and I think on this kind of a team, you, you could play him alongside a lot of those guys, maybe next to Fred Van Vliet instead of Gary Trent. If Fred Van Vliet leaves, he could come in and, and take that role. So, I think this addresses a lot of different scenarios. So, Kobe Bufkin, he's the next guy on my board as well. So, I think uh, I'm pretty happy with that pick. What are, what are your thoughts on the uh, the Buff man? Yeah, around this range, like after the top 10, he he's my favorite, um, you know, point guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call it. Um, he, he's right up my draft board. I'm happy he got picked. I really wanted him to make sure he get he to get in the lottery. I would have been considering with the the next pick just because I wanted to to get him up there. So I'm really happy you selected him. I love his his game. He's a lefty. He can do it all. Honestly, he's consistent. He's a really good finisher as well around the rim. Like he's crafty. He can just kind of get the ball in the bucket, and that's and he's got a really nice looking the shot. Ball in the bucket. Yeah, and, and he can play defense. Like he, he just does it all. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Kobe Bufkin. It sounds to me like I mean, again, we didn't like, we didn't talk too much about this before the before recording, but it sounds to me like this year we we're we're in tune, which is we're um, actually aligned. Usually, yeah. there's a few where you, you do shock me a bit. Yeah, but, there um, is there's usually like one, but I mean, there's still one more one more chance for that to happen. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, usually I hate some of your takes, you hate some of mine, um, but this year so far so good. All right, let's go into the final pick here, which is for the New Orleans Pel- Pelicans, which again, similar to the Wizards, I find them tough to pick for because. Because they, I mean, for a different reason, actually have a lot of talent. Um, so, who, who are you going for the Pelicans at fourteen here? Yeah, it's a tough team to pick for. I guess I'm going in assuming Zion's coming back healthy. <laughs> you have to, I guess. <laughs> and like, look, I really like Dyson Daniels, and I'm, I really yeah. want to get him more, like, bloody, more yeah, reps, give him the more ball time. a bit more. But yeah. he's just the guard spot's so, so deep. I guess like they're giving minutes to Jose, who has earned it. You got CJ who runs the point a bit as well. Yeah. You got your ignorant, sometimes ignorant, yeah, too. exactly. Um, Jonas is a big, big center. There's not really any centers on the board right now. It's mainly just your guards and wings. It is that kind of draft, right? So I'm thinking with Zion and and with the team that we have around me, I'm just going to pick probably. A, a, I like the fit. He's he's my next favorite shooter um, outside of uh, the big Grady Dick, and I like his game. So I'm going to go Jordan Hawkins here. Okay, Jordan Hawkins. He's a great shooter. It looks beautiful. He's great at like the moving shooting as well, kind of like your Clay yep. Thompson, where you can kind of just take off, still be even like your Kyle Corvey. That, that JJ Reddick really kind of vibe. Guard. Exactly, exactly. That's hard to guard. He's he's six five. He's got some height, and he can play pretty reasonable defense. He needs to put on a bit of weight. I think um, hit the gym room a little bit, so he's not. Um, yeah, getting 195 pounds I've got here, so under that 200 at six foot five, which is yeah, it's a bit skinny. Yeah, he's a little bit skinny. But I think he can work on that, and he's got the defensive tools to be, um, I think, like a bit of a stopper on that end too. So in terms of like a role player, this is what you want, like a knockdown shooter, can run some plays for him out there and can play defense. I think this is probably what the Pelicans need with their roster, and and I do like Jordan Hawkins in that role. Yeah, I think um, this is probably maybe the furthest away from the guy that I had at this point, but again, I can't knock the fit. I think it's, this is something that, that New Orleans does need. The more shooting they get around Zion, the better, and I do like the fact that, I mean, the last time 
you had a, a shooter like that. I think JJ was the guy. Um, he does really, really good things uh, in, a, in a team like this. So if he can live up even just to that kind of a level as a solid, solid shooter, sixth, seventh man, I think that that's still a, a good player. I don't know if he's like lottery potential. He's a little bit older as the first guy I think we've drafted so far that's not 19 or, or younger. I think he's a little bit older than some of those other guys. Um, and I don't know what he does defensively uh, on the other side of the court. But again, the fit, I think, I think is fine. I might have gone somewhere else, but I can't necessarily knock it. So I don't know if I'm like angry fist just yet <laughs> with, with uh, your, your take there, but... Maybe I'll I'll feel more passionately about it in a, in a few weeks. All right, let's um let's maybe just go through our um uh, what do we got our 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 draft picks here. So we've basically got number one Victor Wembanyama. Obviously, uh, that's that's going to be in everyone's uh, top uh, mock draft. Uh, Scoot Henderson going to the Hornets at number two, and then Thompson number three to the Portland Trailblazers, and his brother. Asar Thompson at number four to the Houston Rockets. Maybe a little bit controversial, but we both love it. Uh, Brennan Miller falling to number five at Detroit Pistons. Cam Whitmore at number six to Orlando. Taylor Hendricks at seven to the Indiana Pacers. Anthony Black at eight to the Wizards. Kaysen Wallace to the Utah Jazz at nine. Jarris Walker rounding out the top ten to Dallas at number ten. And Grady Dick, the big stiffy, um, at number 11. And number 12, Leonard Miller to OKC. At number 13, Kobe Bufkin going at, um, at number 13. I think that one was to the Raptors. And Jordan Hawkins rounding out the lottery there, guys. Uh, overall thoughts there, Cal, on the uh, on the draft board. Any um, surprises that you thought might have uh, should have gone higher? People that you think went too high? Or I guess, again, we sort of mentioned it. We're both kind of in line this year so far. Pretty happy with that. I'm actually really happy. I think they're all great fits and, and it's around the range where they should be going in terms of my big board. Like it's lined up pretty nicely. So we, we are pretty aligned this year, Mitch. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to like maybe just change my takes just so we can argue a bit more on the podcast <laughs> next time. But uh, yeah, I, I like it too. I think, uh, again, obviously, we obviously drafted these guys, but I agree that there's a lot of good fits in this, in this sort of range. And uh, if this was happening, I think a lot of teams would walk away pretty happy. But plenty of time for our opinions to change between now and draft day. We'll probably come back and talk the um, second half of the draft as well, coming up as well. So picks 15 through 30. And also, if you guys haven't already checked out, I'm doing my top 100 Dynasty ranking series at the moment. It's been on pause a little bit while we've been doing some draft stuff, but we'll be doing some more of that stuff next week. I've done my top 25, if you want to go and check that one out as well. So go and check that out. I'll be doing my next 25 next week. Keep in mind in those lists, though, I'm not including the draftees outside of Victor Wemanyawa because, again, don't know where these guys are going just yet. And uh, that will change things moving forward. But check that one out as well. And if you guys haven't already, hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, and we will see you guys next time. Laters.